Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. I'm Adam. I'm the lead communicator here. Um, I'm excited to be back with you guys. John uh, was filling in last week. I was actually on vacation. Thank you so much for just allowing me to be gone and he to be with you last week. Um, We're kind of in the middle of this five-week talk conversation series, whatever you want to call it, called Dumb Decisions, because we really believe this. We think that at some level in all of our lives, all of us have made some really dumb decisions. We've made some really dumb choices, and so for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about these choices that we've made and how to actually stop asking the question, is this the right thing to do related to a choice or the wrong thing to do, or asking the question instead, what is the wise thing to do? And so as we kind of kick off today, I just have a question for you. Um, Have you ever been to the DMV? Okay. The Department of Motor Vehicles. So if you're a teenager in the room, you may not know what that is. Pray to God in heaven. You never have to go there in your life because it's brutal. But I don't know like why society has like corrupted so far down, downward that, you know, the DMV is the way that it is. Because you know what I mean, right? You go in there and your complete week is shot like from the get-go because there's 14 people in line ahead of you always. There's one person working. He or she's generally very angry, right? You got to take a Number, just like you're getting a pub, public sub, they're angry too. I've talked about the Publix Deli before around here, but you got to take one of those numbers and you got to sit there and wait to be called, right, as your day just spirals downward, right? So I'll tell you this. Um, a couple of months ago, Caitlin and I, we actually made a decision as a couple that we were going to go down to a one-car family. So we had two cars for a while, and we were going to go down to a one-car family. So we sold our car to, uh, CarMax actually is where we sold the car to, and I asked the CarMax rep, I said, hey, what do I need to do with the old license plate? Do I keep it for a new car? Do I, what, what do I do? He goes, no, you need to go to your local DMV and surrender it, of course, that there was the bad news right there. So I, I decided to do it. Everything that I've just said is true, right? There are a ton of people in line, one person working, everybody in the room is angry, they have no refreshments, okay? Like nothing, there's nothing there. So I finally wait my turn after about 90 minutes, big surprise, and I get up to the line. Now, nice woman though, working. I do my research before I go to the DMV because I've been burned by them before, as you probably have as well. So I went online to check the fee schedule, what it was, to surrender a license plate to the Department of Motor Vehicles in the state of Florida. And do you know what it says online? There is no fee. So I was really excited. So I get up to the line and I go, here's my license plate. I'm sure there's a little form for me to sign, but I'm so glad that there's no fee. And she goes, Well, it's not exactly true. I was like, what do you mean it's not exactly true? It says no fee online. She said, yes, that's what it says, but any transaction that happens within the context of these walls, there's a $3 fee, just as part of any transaction. I said, why is that not on the website? She goes, I don't know, sir. And I said, okay, so ma'am, let me ask three bucks. No problem, I can handle three bucks. What form of payment would you like me to use? I said, could you please take my credit card? She said, no, we don't take those here. I said, okay, great. Can you take my debit card? And she said, we don't take those either here, sir. I said, ma'am, what form of payments do you take within this organization? And she said, well, we take two forms of payment, cash, which I do not have, okay, and then check. I said, you're telling me you're going to take a check from me and not my debit card that could bounce by the time I get out of the door. She goes, that's what I'm telling you, sir. I said, okay. Three bucks, I got this. Where's the nearest ATM? And she goes, well, sir, that's an unfortunate thing. And I said, of course it is. Because the ATM is the nearest one is across the street at the PNC Bank. And I said, I'm going to go pull out a 20 and come back and give you $3. And she goes, well, sir, we'll be happy to take that from you, but you have to go back to the front of the line. 
And I wanted to tell you this story today because today's dumb decisions is about anger, okay? And here's the, here's the truth about that situation. If you've been there in your life, which most of you have, your blood's just boiling, right? You're going, how is this humanly possible on planet Earth that we are this disorganized and we cannot get this right? And so I wanted to tell you that story as we opened up, as we talked about anger. Because the truth is, anger in our lives has, has led to a lot of dumb decisions for a lot of us. And we want to figure out together, how do we make that right as we spend over the next few weeks talking about these dumb decisions? And anger is just a really personal and deep topic. And today we're going to dive in there. But this entire month, we're going to be in this book in the ancient scripture, the Bible. We're going to be in the book of Proverbs, right? And the book of Proverbs is said to be the wisest book that was ever written, right? It is a book filled with wisdom. It was written by a guy named Solomon who was said to be the wisest man who had ever lived. And here's what I love so much about the book of Proverbs. Here's what I love so much about it. It is ancient wisdom in the ancient scriptures, but I truly believe that this wisdom is still alive today if we put it into practice in our lives. And so we're going to talk about what it says today about anger. Because anger is really important and it can consume all of our hearts and all of our minds and all of our lives if we let it. And we don't make the wise decision related to, don't miss this, this emotion. Okay? So in Proverbs 29, 11, let's just dive in. It says this. It talks about anger a lot. It says, fools give full vent to their rage. But the wise do what? Bring calm in the end. Rage. Fools don't let this emotion of anger become rage. They, be, they bring calm in the end. And I love that the scripture uses the word fools to describe people who are rageful. Idiots. People who make decisions related to this will mess up their lives and what goes on. And then in Proverbs 15.1, it says this, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. It says in Proverbs 19, 11, I told you it talked about it a lot. Smart people know how to hold their tongue. Their grandeur is to forgive and forget. So the book of Proverbs talks about anger a lot and what it means to be wise in the way that we hold our tongue and address situations and control this emotion called anger. But here's what I want you to know, and I believe this with all my heart about anger. Anger is a very powerful emotion. Anger is a very powerful emotion because so often... People in our life hurt us, they harm us, they wrong us. We carry around this weight, sometimes of what some of our closest family members and friends have even done to us, and we get this pent-up anger and rage, right? And this is where we have the problem, because anger is a powerful emotion. It doesn't always have to be a negative emotion, and I'm going to talk about why this morning. But so often when it becomes a negative emotion, anger leads to rage, Anger leads to rage, and when you have rage in your life, and that comes out on someone, or that comes out on someone you care about, or maybe someone you don't even know, and it's an acquaintance, or maybe it's someone on the expressway, and they've wronged you, right? When anger leads to rage, that's when the negativity comes in. That's when it becomes a problem, because anger as itself is an emotion, right? Anger itself is a very powerful emotion, as I've just described. But here's what I want you to know about anger. Because in my opinion, anger sometimes gets a bad rap. Anger sometimes gets a negative rap. But it's not just the emotion. It's how we process and deal with that emotion, which creates a bad rap for anger. Because here's what I want you to know about anger. Anger isn't always a sin, 
Anger is not always a sin, and a sin is a word that we use to describe what kind of separates man and God when we don't do things that line up with how he wanted us to be, right? This is a, anger isn't always a sin, okay? Here's what I want you to know about anger, because people tend to put it in this category of always wrong, always negative. Here's what I want you to know about it. There is good anger, and there is bad anger, and I believe this with all of my heart, and there's only one reason that I believe this so strongly. See, around here at Downtown Harbor Church, we spend a lot of time talking about this guy named Jesus, who we believe is who he said that he was, the living Messiah of the only true God who came to this earth to die and make things right between mankind and God, should human beings agree and say yes to believing that. And I will tell you this, I think you should if you have not in your life, I think you should do that at some point. It's the best decision I've ever made. You should say yes to Jesus. But he is why I believe there is good anger and bad anger because I saw him in his life get angry. Jesus himself got angry. That's how I know that it's okay for us to process this emotion. It's not about the emotion, it's about how we process the emotion. And here's what I'm gonna talk about today related to the time that Jesus got angry, because I'll tell you, it's the, one of the most powerful times in the ancient scripture because he went after the establishment of the time, much like just here at Downtown Harbor Church, we're trying to do something different because we couldn't stand what was going on inside the walls of these temples that were there and these churches that were there right? And in Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 through 14, if you have a scripture, you can open it. If not, it'll always be on our screens here at DHC. But at Matthew 21, 12 through 14, it says this, Jesus went straight into the temple and threw out everyone who had set up shop buying and selling. Let me pause. Do you know what people were doing? They were exploiting the temple. They were exploiting those who had less money or were less fortunate than them. They were trying to take advantage of these people. And Jesus went in and said, whoa, this is enough, right? He kicked over the tables of loan sharks and the stalls of dove merchants. And then he quoted this text. My house was designed, a designated a house of prayer. You have made it a hangout for who? Thieves. And after he did this, now there was room for the blind and the crippled to get in. And they came to Jesus, and he healed them. When you understand how powerful the context of this text is, not only because it's a historical event, but metaphorically what it means for us today, it changes everything related to the emotion of anger. And so as I looked through this, I started to ask my question, okay, Adam, if you believe there's good anger and there's bad anger, then what is good anger? Because we've just talked about how it's not, it's not good if you let it control your life. But tell me then, what is good anger? I believe good anger is when something swells up inside you. And good anger is anger that can be directed at injustice. When you see something that is broken in the world, when you see something that is not how it's supposed to be, when you see a person or people who are being mistreated specifically by an establishment, you let that well up inside of you and you don't get rage because of it. You just go and make sure to do something about it. That's what good anger is. That's what Jesus said, because he said, you know what? These people who are being oppressed, these people who you're taking advantage of, this advantage of these people who you're abusing, they matter. And he said, this is never going to happen again. He kicked the tables over. Can you imagine Jesus walking into a place and kicking tables over? Like, wow, I mean, it blows my mind, right? Anger that can be directed at injustice when things, people, groups of people, entities aren't treated the way 
that is a love your neighbor as yourself mentality. Injustice, let me tell you this, should break every one of our hearts. And I don't know what injustice breaks your heart, but I know what broke mine. And a couple of years ago, I had to figure out how to do something about it. And the injustice that broke my heart was that I felt like the local church was a broken place. It did not allow people in who weren't like them. And that's one of the main reasons we created Downtown Harbor Church, so that every single person would have a, finally a place to belong. There's no box checking. There's no membership. This is just all of us here right where we're at. That was an injustice that broke my heart. Here's the question. What's the injustice that breaks your heart? Because what breaks my heart is not what breaks yours and yours and yours. That's the point. So what are you going to do with your anger, that good anger, so we can help change our communities and our lives and the lives of people around us in a positive and good way. There are people suffering, dying, starving, broken all over this world. What are you going to do? Because that should make us all angry in a good way so that we can go do something about it. But then, what's the bad anger? I started to ask myself that question again. If there's good anger, then what's the bad anger? And I can only come up with one answer. It's anger that is directed at people, not injustice. Now, sometimes those overlap, and there are people responsible for injustices, but it's anger, anger that is directed at people. People maybe who you interact with on a day-to-day -day basis, maybe people who you don't interact with, and they've wronged you long ago. But see, bad anger comes into our lives when we let anger creep in, the emotion, and then it boils over and comes out in the form of rage at, don't miss this, people. And that's what we have to clear up and that's what we have to fix in our relationships, in our families, in our extended family, with our coworkers, because that is not a Jesus kind of anger. That is a humanistic kind of anger and they're different. And I got to tell you this, because on the DHC stage, nothing's off limits and we get personal. I've had, even in the past, call it month, a moment where I let anger into my heart and let it come out in the form of quote-unquote rage. And you know what? After that happened, I just wish that I could have put it back in the can after those worms popped out because it's never good. It never helps problems. That's why the scripture talks about it. So the question is like this, how do conversations go when you're angry with people? Because let me tell you something. People are stupid. You're going to be angry. It's just going to happen. Like, and you know people like that, okay? Like, it's going to happen. Get ready. Get ready. But how do conversations go when you're angry? I started to ask myself this conversation as well. How do conversations go when you're calm? Because they could look pretty similar. Conversations, even though there's anger inside of us, that happen when we're calm lead to resolution lead to restoration, lead to love, lead to redemption, lead to those moments that we know that can be made right with people, right? When we just approach it from that perspective. Because here's something I know about anger and when it festers and when it stirs and it starts to boil. Because if you don't deal with it, I'm going to tell you this right now, it will start to boil. It will start to boil over. And when anger boils over, here's what I believe, people get hurt. They just get hurt. And with anger inside of all of our hearts, when we have these things, we want to make sure that we're doing something. Don't miss this. Don't look up here. Don't miss this. This is the key to all of this. This is so like, practical, but it's the key. When we deal with anger in our hearts, here's what we need to do. We need to attack the problem and not the person. 
But so often we let this anger-filled rage boil over. And I will tell you, this is the hardest thing to do. Because as I said, people hurt us. People make unwise decisions and they make stupid decisions and they cause us pain. And we are angry about it and we want to boil over and tell them what we really think and tell them what we really feel. But I've never seen that go real well. You're probably like me if you've never seen it go real well. Because with anger, it's not bad to have anger. You can have it. Jesus had it. It's not the emotion. It's the behavior. It's the behavior related to the emotion which makes things boil over. Before I go any further, I know, including myself with this very similar issue, that there are people in this room right now, and I believe God has put this together long ago, this big, massive creator of the universe, are dealing with exactly what I'm talking about right here today in this moment. Because I'm dealing with it in my own way, just like you're dealing with it in your own way. And I don't know what he's saying to you today about where you need to be, but for some of us, we just need that nudge to begin making this right. We just need that nudge to be going, you know what? It's time to do something about it. Even to those who have wronged you, even to those who have don't, don't deserve it, even to those that have done things that are unimaginable to you. Because festering this and letting it boil, it's just going to spill over. And it's brutal when it does. So a couple of tips as we just kind of begin to look at the end of this content for today. Number one, resolve your anger quickly. Resolve your anger quickly. And number two, this is a difficult one, resolve your anger calmly. But here's what I love about if you have said yes to Jesus in this room. And I've said in this message, I think you should. If you said yes to Jesus, then you have something living in your life called the Holy Spirit, which is God's Spirit, which means that you don't have to do this on your own, that you don't have to strap up your boots for one of the most difficult things that I've ever described and put one foot in front of the other and go, I have this by myself, because God is by your side. You just have to believe that there's hope for that. And I believe it with all of my heart and all of my soul that we don't have to do these things on our own, that in some way that is so massive that we don't even understand that a big God, this massive God has us right by his side. Proverbs 29, 11 says, fools give full, rent to their rage, full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Can we, and maybe it just starts right here, can we begin to do that together in our own difficult situations that seem almost impossible when anger enters our life? What I love about anger so much, and it's interesting that I use that phrase, is that there's a lot of things that make us angry, right? If you've been on I-95 and received a middle finger, you understand this, right? Because I've had that. I mean, it just happens, right? And then there are deep, personal things that have happened to us that make us angry, there's small things, there's big things. It's the same thing, right? Anger is a powerful emotion. And here's what I want us all to take away. And you need to learn to control it properly. You need to learn at some level to control it properly. 
And this is so hard. We're going to have conversations about this. This is going to be like a stake in the ground for some of us to go, okay, I'm going to pivot and we're going to fix some things that we need to deal with. But here's the truth. Once we learn how to control our anger and the things that have happened to us that are boiling over properly, things can be different in our relationships. Things can be different in our communities. Things can be different in our church. Things can be different in our life. That's why this is so important. Told you Proverbs talked about this a lot because in Proverbs 19, 19, it says, let angry people endure the backlash of their own anger. If you try to make it better, you'll only make it worse. Do you know what this means? It means that if you have anger issues and you're not resolving them with the help of a big God by your side, you are going to wallow in your own misery. Don't even try to help them. Just go make it worse. This is in there because we knew, he knew we would struggle with this. And finally, in Ecclesiastes 7, 9, it says this, control your temper for anger labels you a fool. And I'm just telling you, you can say that with a twang in your voice because you could say a lot of things to replace the word fool. You could say, control your temper for anger labels you a moron, idiot. You could whatever, whatever you want to say, but it's true. That's what's so true about this. When it boils over, man, it just gets ugly. So at the end of every message throughout this five-week talk, series, whatever you want to call it, we're going to ask this question at the end of every message. We're going to say this. What's the dumb decision? We're talking about dumb decisions. What's the dumb decision? And I believe it's this, and it's just a simple answer. And for some of us, this is going to just change a lot. It's letting go and lashing out. Meaning, letting go of what our natural reaction is to problems when it happens in our life. And then the other dumb decision is lashing out. I don't tell you this today just because the scripture says it, even though I believe that. I don't tell you this today just because we're all in a room and there's a guitar in the background and we're trying to create emotion. I don't do that, right? Here's why I tell you this. Because I've done this and picking up the pieces of it is brutal. It's not good. And if you've done it, you know. That's why we have to get this right. Anger often results in dumb, regretful decisions. Control it, and you won't have to deal with those. I'll tell you this. Just a sidebar real quick. Any time that I've ever had an exchange with my wife, and if you're married, you know, or you're in a relationship, you know that there will be exchanges. And it's ever got to the point where it's ugly or loud or anger is boiling over. You know how many times we've won because of that? Zero. Not once. But every time that we've sat down across from each other with anger in our hearts and had a calm conversation about things that need to be worked on or fixed or issues that we're dealing with, 100% of the time it is better. Anger often results in dumb, regretful decisions. Control it. You won't have to deal with those. And I don't want you, as people who are a part of our community here at DHC, I don't want you to have to deal with those decisions because life is hard enough. Day-to-day -day stuff comes at us. Let's get this right so we can stop making those decisions that are very, very dumb. And we know the pain of those decisions if we've been through it. Let's pray. Father, thanks so much for who you are and what you do. And um, God, we just come before you and love you. And we come before you and um, just lay this at your feet because we know that you're a big God who can surround us with your love and grace and mercy to get this right.
Help us to do that, Lord. And God, I just pray for any person in this room today. Some stories I know, most I don't, who are dealing with this right at the smack dab of their heart and their feet. I pray that you'd give them grace to move on. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would help the story get better in their life. And I pray that you would help anyone resolve anything that they need to right where they're at. We pray this today, all in Jesus' name. Amen.